AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The markets were closed today, but the kitchen is open. We've got something a little different coming your way. We're going to talk about planning for a successful 2024 growing season and what you can do now to increase your odds for success, which might just include a little soil treatment to help manage your water supply. From deep within the clutches of the holiday season via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Ron Geis from Corteva. Mike DePaula joins from Tyrannus, and we'll hear from Jim Talbert from Helena. And we'll wrap it up with Craig Dick from Fospolutions. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. Happy Thanksgiving, Davis. Everything okay? <sighs> Are you all right? No, I'm way too groggy to be behind a <laughs> microphone right now, my brother. I hear you, brother. Oh. I hear you. Hey, I may have overdone. <laughs> there, I, I enjoyed all of the conversations uh, that we are bringing your way. But, boy, pay special attention to the conversation with Jim Talbert Oof, from, yeah. uh, from from Helena. I, I think it's really cool. So here's the deal. I was at the National mm-hmm. Association of Farm Broadcasting last week in Kansas City. Yep. Had a chance to talk with several companies, organizations. This afternoon, we're going to talk about planning for a successful growing season decision-making to field prep, um, it's it's and water supply, managing that water supply with a soil additive. I mm. think it's fascinating technology that we're talking about. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy our coverage from the NAFB meeting. Let's get this afternoon started with a conversation about what it talks takes to plan for a weed-free growing season. Ron Geis is the AgriSize Market Development Specialist at Cortevi joins us right now. Welcome, Ron. Nice to talk to you, Chip. Yeah, good to see you, too. Uh, what I want to talk about on the show today is planning, uh, executing a production plan, planning to succeed with production goals in the year ahead. And, Ron, part of that plan has to be weed control and and starting the year with a plan not only to control weeds, but the plan should be to be weed-free, shouldn't it? We want you to be weed-free because where does next year's weeds come from or the year after, right? So uh, weeds go to seed, and that just creates problems for, you know, you let a weed, a field go to weeds, you're going to be four or five years before you can even start to see daylight on that given field. So keep with it. Okay. So talk to me about the conversation that we should be having at this time of the year to make that happen so that we get started on the right foot. There's really three elements that I look at, Chip. Start clean plant with residuals that, that get you down the road and then use post-emerge with residuals to take you through crop canopy so start clean how do we do that there's a couple different ways uh we can start clean with uh, tillage wipe wipe those early spring weeds out we can start clean with burn down herbicides um you know we've introduced a new product with uh elevora really strong on mare's tail it's kind of one of the no-till menaces uh that, that, that is part of your program. And uh, you know, I'm not going to discount things like cover crops. Right. They, so 
they in themselves don't kill weeds, but they just make an environment where weeds don't want to grow right. and kind of keep a cover there, sort of like putting uh, leaf clippings around your tomato plants. You just don't get weeds when you do that. That's what cover crops are doing for it. So as, as much as we can do to start clean, that's, that's where we get off on the right foot. Now let's let's at planting time. Let's let's get to the next phase and yep. use good, strong residual herbicides. We need to uh, make the plan. All right, what have I been doing in the past? How successful has that been? And am I in a crop rotation? So if I'm in a crop rotation, I'm probably rotating my herbicides around a little bit naturally because soybean products aren't necessarily safe on corn and right. vice versa. But if I'm in a mono, you know, say just corn, 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 corn. All right. Are there soybean herbicides that I can use in corn okay. and mix up my chemistries planting time? And I need to do that if I'm in continuous corn or else we're going to start developing resistance right. to what I'm using at planting time. Now we move to the post-emerge phase. All right. Our planting time herbicides are going to be 95% effective. Well, I want 100%. Well, I know we all do and we want to get there, but there'll be a few escapes. Now, Chip, We've got to plan our post-emerge application for the escapes from the pre. Not when the pre-emerge runs totally out of gas and I got a, a fire burning, but those 5% escapes, time that application that I'm able to control those escapes, which incidentally corresponds when about the time when it runs out of gas. Yeah. There's might be little tiny weeds that you don't even see, yeah. but that's about the perfect timing for your post-emerge application. Now, when I make that post-emerge application, have residual with it because that next flush of water hemp is just going to keep coming. Every time you know, water hemp, every time it rains, you kind of expect a new flush. So I want to have residuals that go in with that water into the seed to kill the water hemp as it's germinating so that it never has a chance to see the light of day. Yeah. Ron, you have emphasized the word residual several times. Uh, do you think growers understand that concept of layering residuals well i think they need to because let's let's look within ourselves at weed resistance yeah. okay so let's think through the history on weed resistance and what weeds have developed resistance by and large the weed resistance has come with post-emerge non-residual products okay these, these kind of short-lived you know we give it a, a, a two or three diets a year of that same thing Eventually, the weed figures out how to get around that. That same chemistry applied on the soil still has good activity in, in a lot of cases. Um, I've been doing this chip almost 40 years. Uh, so I was back in the days when ALS chemistries yeah. were first coming into the market. Uh, we still, I, we, we know that there is ALS resistance rampant, you know, with water amp, kosher, some of these things. Yet we still see some of these same ALS chemistries providing not perfect, but pretty good activity on weeds, even though they're known to be resistance. Uh, I think the same can be said with the PPO chemistry. You know, we, we spray a, a, a water hemp that's four inches tall with a, you know, burner type product in soybeans and don't get anything from it. But yet a PPO applied at planting time still gives us yeah. excellent control. So it's, it's kind of the post-emerge short residual things that are more prone to that resistance problem, at least what we've seen in the past. Okay. You said this at the very start of the conversation is preventing that weed, that, that weed seed bank from building. What if we do have escapes? What if we do have a, a seed bank that's being built out there? How do we manage that? 
Well, when it's time for corrective action, uh, don't dawdle, all right? What's corrective action look like? You know, back when you and I were growing up on the farm, that was a cultivator and getting yeah. out there and walking them, right? Uh, well, we don't really like to do that if we don't have to, okay? Does a label still allow a, a secondary application to take place? And if so, get across and do that. Let's, let's knock those weeds down before they have a chance to, to get their foothold and go to seed. But kind of keep in mind, Chip, controlling a weed that's three inches tall isn't that hard to do. Boy, once it hits, it'll go from three inches to 12 inches in a week. And it's that rapid growth time that is very difficult to kill those weeds. And then once it gets beyond a foot and the crop starts to shade what I'm able to spray, you know, we're, we're compounding our problems. So if I, can, if I can be fairly, you know, on top of things, we'll say weed free before that crop starts to canopy, that's when I've got to be taking that kind of action. Thanks, Ron. All right. It's been a pleasure, Chip. You bet. That is Ron guys. Agri-Science Market Development Specialist at Corteva. Okay, next, let's talk about doing some checkups on efforts for a weed-free growing season. We've got a conversation with Mike DePala from Tyrannus coming up next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Glad you're joining us for coverage from the National Association of Farm Broadcasting down here in Kansas City. We're talking about game planning for a successful growing season this afternoon. And part of that planning is scouting, making sure that you, the, the plan that you've got is working. Let's talk about that uh, with Mike DePala. He is the Chief Commercial Officer at Duranis. Mike, uh, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, welcome back to AgriTalk. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We're grateful to be able to share this message and talk about how acre-forward technology can really change how you farm and how you allocate your resources. Yeah. Okay. Allocating resources, planning. That's what I'm talking about on today's show and planning for success. How does Tyrannus fit into all that? Well, we live in a world where you can ring time, you can FaceTime your fields, ring doorbell for your farm. What am I saying? You have game tape from your acre, so you know with the best science and the best advice right? With the right retailer, the right cooperative. How did I manage? Did that hybrid work for me? What was my weed severity? And you know it in visual detail at the push of a button. It's easy. It's clear. It's scientific. It's quantified. 
but it brings the heart of the best advisors so growers and advisors can have a better plan for next year. Repeat what works, change what needs to be improved. And that's not always easy to do. But when you're in the combine, do you really know how you got the results you got? Or do you need a little refresher? You want to go back and look at the game tape? Yeah. You you guys, you use the game tape, the game plan. Yeah. And, and the whole acre forward concept is really a holistic approach to, to managing that farm. No, that's correct. If you want to move forward, you have to understand what you're doing. You have to intervene, and then you have to plan better for next season. Farming is not a month-by-month endeavor. It's a season-by-season investment in your legacy, and you owe it to yourself to have an advisor that's investing in your farm at a leaf level on every acre. All right, that leaf level. Uh, I love that, by the way. Thanks. Uh, Let's bring in Ethan Knoll, digital ag team lead lead here at Tyrannus. How do you make it all work? (laughs) There's a lot of answers to that question, but I think it just starts with, uh, setting up a game plan, and you use previous year's uh, information to do that. Yeah. And so through Tyrannus and their Acre Forward, you're able to take all that you learned from the year before, whether it's nutrient deficiencies, weed pressure, uh, stand counts, you use that to make the decisions for next year. So while people are sitting around the table in the fall, decide what seed to plant, what fertilizer to apply, what chemical to buy, this is really the time to make that decision. And we can do it with all that evidence-based decision-making through Tyrannus. So what does the digital ag team lead at Tyrannus do day-to-day? Uh, day-to-day, it's it's just making sure that we're getting this information to the growers okay. and discussing with them what to do next. Before Tyrannus, we spent all our times in the field driving four-wheelers, trying to look at the fields, making sure we weren't missing anything. But now this really allows us to spend that time with the grower uh, and spend time making those decisions with them instead of spending all our time on a four-wheeler and not able to answer a call because you're on a four-wheeler. All right. So you take what Mike is talking about and you put it to work out in the field for the growers, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's just making decisions in season, uh, but also at the end of the season. Right. Outstanding. All right. Let's go to the next step. John Bottiger at Bottiger Farms out in Kansas. Is that right? Yep. Denton, Kansas, northeast corner, Dollar County. All right, so we've heard this all. We're, we're following the chain right down to the farm level. Does it work? It works. The scorecard for me, does I make more money? Do I make more money in a risk-adjusted fashion? What's the return on investment, and how aggressive can I run the business? It seems like a pretty practical approach to farming. How would you get that? Uh, I kind of have an interesting background. I grew up uh, you know, in Denton, fifth-generation family farm, then went to the University of Miami and through fortuitous events. And a passion for finance, I ended up working at Goldman Sachs for over a decade and then partnered a hedge fund where I spent 20 years on Wall Street. My main focus was in the agricultural vertical. So I covered companies like Bungie, Archer Daniels on the on the crushing side, you know, protein side with Tyson, and then on the machinery side and ag seed. So I'm kind of all things ag as a finance dork. Five years ago, my dad said, it's now or never for the legacy of the family farm. So I come back to chase the dream. I mean, I'm doing it for the legacy. I'm doing it for the mental stimulation. You know, this is the most challenging business in the world. It's capital intensive, cyclical, and low margin. And ultimately, I'm doing it for the money. So I got legacy. I've got the business challenge and the mental stimulation. And my scorecard's the money. And Tyrannus helps me understand the money side of things. Okay. Explain that to me a little bit better. Or a little more completely. Tyrannus helps you do that on the money side of things. 
what is that process and what do you use Tyrannus for? So I have, I have my business is broken into two buckets. The first side is the agronomy side, which is the business of growing corn and soybeans. And then the finance math side is the management of, of, of my production, my cost of a uh, cost production analysis and ultimately marketing decisions. So how does Tyrannus help me? So we started doing a lot of digital ag about 15 years ago with grid samples and data collection ideal monitor. It was very difficult to really monetize that. We had traditional crop scouts out in the field. There just wasn't enough granularity. Four years ago, we switched over to Tyrannus. And so on the, on the Tyrannus side, what have they helped us do? They've helped us be more efficient with our stand counts, optimizing, for, optimizing stand counts for both corn and soybeans, optimizing my wheat pressure. We create JPEG files as phosphorate fields. And then on the, on the how do my a better marketer, because of the two things, my stand counts, the quality of wheat, wheat control I have out there, and then really intensive boots on the ground. I know what type of crop I have out there. I know how many, uh, I know the uniformity of my stand because I do a stand count at 24 hours. I do a stand count at two weeks. So I know the uniformity. I know the quality of my stand count. I know how many plants are out there. So when it comes to July and I need to know how many bushels to market, I got a really good understanding of how many bushels to market. And I can make very aggressive marketing decisions. So I'm aggressive on both the marketing decisions. I'm aggressive on the agronomy decisions. And really all I'm trying to do is get 100 to 300 basis points out of this very low margin cyclical business. Right. And this has helped me do it. And I and I can quantify it. Yeah. Like I have the data. It's not like, oh, I think this plant's here. Or I think that plant's the weed's there. It's just super granular. And honestly, it's better. If, I, if my life depended on it, I would take the human over the computer still right. on, a, on, a, on like a two foot by two foot spaces. But if I'm taking the data out of a square mile, a 640 acre section, I am going to go 100% with the computer to make my decisions. People that think that like, oh, I'm smarter than the computer. No, we're not smarter than computers. So I think just the granularity of this, the ability to make really complex and aggressive business decisions are, and the ease of it. Yeah. Like I, I sit in front of the computer screen all the time. I have my cost of production on one side. I've got my computer screen with everything that's going on in my field. The stand count, the NVDI imagery, the weed pressure, my uh, nutrient deficiencies. Like I love like running grid samples, looking at my uh, you know parts per million, and then I can see do I have leaf leaf damage, not leaf damage, but do I have um, you know potash or nitrogen or sulfur deficiency, and what percent of my field is? I want to make sure I'm doing a good job and 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 really micromanaging. For example, like I didn't put any potash on this year. I didn't put any potash on because it was $900 a ton. I had 200 farms per million. And then when I looked at my fields on how many uh, leaf samples from Tyrannus that I had on potash deficiency, I had like 5%. Yeah. So I knew that I made a good business. By the way, potash is $430 a yeah. ton, $380 a ton now. So like, yes, it was a very good business decision for me, period. Yeah. You know what? The, the big message that I just heard from all of that was that it's not just what you know, it's when you know it. And the sooner that you know it, the sooner you can make a mid-course correction. Yeah, that's 100%, right? I remember when we first started using Tyrannus, and I'm trading the markets. I called my dad. I said, hey, you know, why don't you go out to the northeast corner of this farm and uh, look and see if we've got any uh, any shatter cane pressure. He walked out there, but he walked the wrong direction. Yeah, I didn't see any shatter cane. Okay, well, you know, four weeks later, all of a sudden, we've got Shattercade out there. Now, the great thing about it is we ran a JPEG file and sprayed for it, but just the that's when my father, who's, you know, I have so much respect for a really hard-working, like, salt-of-the-earth guy, and he was progressive with technology, but that's when he really bought in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just the ability to see things real-time, the ability to identify. Yeah. Like, I don't waste my time. I see a problem in the field. So instead of, like, walking around the whole field, 
I can't do that even though I love to go to the gym all the time. I use this as my workout facility. I could go identify an area and I can see, boom, shattered cane, water hip, you know, mare's tail, or, oh, hey, by the way, this is a weak stand count. Why did I have a weak stand count? Like, this allows me to fine-tune my planter. Like, I'm a maniac on my planter. Like, we run high-speed planters for a reason. Because why? Because I know the, the the benefit of having my plants come up within 72 hours. Really, yeah. I really want them to come up 24 hours. So, like, I'm just, this allows me to make really uh, minute, microscopic changes in my business. Like, it's just fantastic. awesome. Fantastic, John. Like Mike, no, that's fine, Mike. When you hear a report like that, yeah. how does that make you feel about your product? We're very grateful for these kinds of partners and customers, whether it's ag partners in Kansas and growers like John. But they are really part of building what you see us offering today. And we're going to continue that kind of innovation. But look, this is a different world. It's a different time. It's not going to get easier to farm. You need every advantage you can get. And you need to use all the tools that are available. Find the right partners. The right partners are moving the acre forward with Tyrannus. And as a grower, you deserve this kind of technology. So incredibly proud of our teams in the U.S., Israel, Brazil that have put this together and very grateful to our customers and our partners that have built this technology over the last few years. Outstanding, Mike. Thank you. That's Mike DePala. We also had a conversation there with Ethan Dole and John Bottiger. I'm telling you, it, if you make a plan for success and stick to that plan, you can succeed. That's what we were just talking about with the guys here from Tyrannus. In 1978, U.S. cocoa prices soared to record levels, leaving chocolatiers scrambling to maintain profits. Hershey's had already perfected a candy coating that would allow chocolate fans to eat candy that melts in their mouths, not in their hands. During the 1970s, the company also began work on a sweetened peanut meal with the same consistency of chocolate. The sweetened peanut meal became the basis of a cocoa-less treat originally called PBs. While the new candy enjoyed early success, sales of the renamed Reese's Pieces soon began to lag. It would take an otherworldly visitor to revive the flagging treat. The son of a Universal Studios executive couldn't think of a better candy to offer an alien than Reese's Pieces, and the script for Steven Spielberg's E.T. was complete. The popularity of E.T. bolstered demand for Reese's Pieces, and the candy remains a cocoa-free favorite. In the present day, cocoa prices have reached their highest level since 1978, when Reese's Pieces were first developed. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors.
We are at the National Association Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City talking this afternoon about planning for a successful 2024 growing season. We've talked about some weed-free growing seasons, scouting to make sure that you stay weed-free. And now we're switching gears a bit with Jim Talbert, product specialist for Helena. Uh, Jim, first off, welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. So drought management has been a real thing in the Corn Belt for the past two growing season. Uh, and you've got, Helena's got a product called Resgenics. It says that it is a water use management tool designed to increase irrigation and spray water efficiency. I see stuff like that and I think this, you talk about a timely product for the time, for this period that we're in. Tell me about it and tell, and, and just talk about water management in general. Sure, yeah. Uh, Resgenics is timely. Um, timely if you, if you think back a product we've been working on for over 10 years. But but uh, it is a timely it is a timely timely thing. Water is an issue, and it's an increasing issue when you when you think about irrigation, when you think about drought stress and drought problems that we have across the country. Um, Resgenics is a polyacrylamide based product that's going to give us give us better water infiltration, better water holding in the in the root zone, less runoff, uh, and really just bene- give our plants and our crops the benefit of better water use efficiency. Jim, are you working with the plant or with the soil with this product we're working with the soil this is a this is a soil soil applied product it's a polyacrylamide polyacrylamides have been around since the 1950s they're very well researched Uh, a lot of usda research on on them back in the day Um, the biggest things with polyacrylamides is they're difficult to handle they're difficult to deliver to the soil that takes specialized equipment this one's different. We've solved a lot of those issues. This one's very user-friendly and can be applied a number of ways. And that's, that's really our, advan- our advantage. The, the technology's not new. The technology's proven. It's just how do you deliver the technology to the soil in a way that, that somebody will do more than once. Okay, let's talk more about that. Uh, number one, what, what was the change, if you can talk about it, what is the change that you... That, that was initiated through uh, Resgenics, and what, how is it applied? So it, it can be applied a number of different ways. We can apply it in with, with fertilizer. We can, we can spray it with herbicides. It can go through a center pivot system. It can go through drip tape. So it's got a number of applications. It's very user-friendly. The, in the past, the, in the past, these products, they're very, they're, they're still, it's still a, a thick product. It's still, but, but polyacrylamides, um, they, they have to unbound or unbind themselves okay. when you hit, when they hit water. And, and so when you, when you would inject them in a center pivot, if you didn't have a process to unbind them, uh, from themselves, you just inject a glob and it would come out a glob. Okay. And so, uh, that's obviously a technical term, but yeah. but uh, in reality, what what we've done is is they've they've kind of loosened up that bond a little bit to allow it to allow it to mix and and unbind much easier. Um, okay, in in water, so it makes it a lot more user friendly, a lot more handling friendly than 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 what we used to do. We used to have to have specialized equipment. We used to have to have something that would rough up or start that process for us and. And they weren't reliable, and okay. this, so we had to get it to where 
quite is, is it, we can set it and forget it essentially yeah. and let and and have have a reliable system and this is a reliable system. yeah get it consistently into the field so if i use a product like this like resgenics what is the difference that i'm going to notice in the field well what you're going to notice is you're going to notice better water infiltration and less runoff yeah. from from the from that now it depends on where you're at on whether you have runoff or not or whether your soils of soil is sealed but but this this um polyacrylamides help with soil flocculation so it helps it helps bind soil particles together and you start to trap moisture between those soil particles and so it allows better infiltration and it doesn't allow water to deep percolate doesn't allow it to get out of that root zone as as readily as fast it slows down those channels that i think I think the uh, water wants to run to the point of least resistance, and, and so it slows that process down, and we get better water use efficiency. It also, um, in runoff or even deep percolation period there, um, it also is going to help keep our, our nutrients in that root zone better. It, you know, nitrogen, sulfurs, they, they will, they will uh, uh, deep percolate pretty fast. We will lose those. Uh, your phosphates will run off, and so if we can keep keep our nutrients on the on the soil in the soil uh available to the roots we we will get better results from them as well from from an environmental standpoint and a yield standpoint all right jim you've uh you mentioned irrigation a couple of times here sir is it an is it an irrigation only product no not at all not at all so i mentioned before we can we can spray this on through through a sprayer. We can put it on through fertilizer. So even through uh, starter fertilizer, two by two in furrow, we've done some work there. Um, so it's got a number of different ways we can we can apply. This one is actually user pretty user friendly compared to compared to other products. Um, but you know it has about a 30 day life cycle. This lifespan I use that term. It's not living, but but it will degrade over about 30 days. Uh, so. So multiple applications are are possibly needed, but but it can be put on the soil, on top of the soil. It can be put over the top of a crop and washed down to the soil and be and be used by the used by the by the plant that way. Yeah. So if a corn grower is using this, uh, what kind of results? What kind of an impact on the crop should they expect? Well, in terms of water use efficiency, the USDA numbers are 20 to 25 percent better water use efficiency. Okay. And so, if you're in a drought situation, um, I mean that's that's a huge number. But if you're in a drought situation, being able to utilize 20 to 25 percent of your water better that that's a big big impact. Oh, yeah. And when you go west, where I where I live, where we have center where we have center pivots uh, and irrigation, I mean that that's a huge where we're starting to lose lose uh, allocations of Pump, pumping water, uh, that can be a huge deal for us as well as far as being able to maintain our yields but pump less water um, to do it. So in book, high environmental impact, but still be able to be able to produce produce the crop. Yeah. Okay. I know that you you've been testing this in the field, right? Yes. Yeah. I've I've handled it, um, and and Helena Helena's yeah. done a lot of lot of work with this. Okay. So what's your impression? It's pretty pretty impressive product. I mean, uh, I go back a long time, long time um, scouting fields and and doing doing soil moisture by feel, and and we've pretty consistently seen a 10 to 15 percent increase in soil moisture uh, treated versus untreated with this. Um, 
yield data still rolling in, so I don't have a good a good number on on yield data. But but some of the things we've seen have been pretty pretty impressive in the drought in the drought areas so far this year. Okay, when I think about water management, Jim, after what we've gone through the past couple of years, I I see this and everything that's on this checklist. It kind of feels like a game changer. That guys ought to at least take a look. Yes, I mean that's how we feel. We feel about it too. Is that there's a lot of applications from from uh, reducing cresting to reducing runoff. That it doesn't just have to be in a in a center pivot situation. It can be in a dryland situation. It can be in a rain fed situation. That there's a lot of good things that can happen with this in in increasing water use for your for your crop wherever that is. Okay, so now you really got my head going here, Jim. If, what if you're in a situation where you know you've got a problem and you've got to get it corrected? In other words, you've got some... Can, can this be... It is, is it something to use in advance of a problem? Or can it be used and incorporated in a way to fix a problem with some soils that are prone to runoff? Yeah, I think I think you'd be looking at it... I think you could do it both ways, okay. essentially. I think I think uh, in advance is, is obviously... Or, or a planned approach is yeah. probably always best. Um, and and building building profile. I when we were talking about this product to to customers, or when I'm talking about it to my my salespeople, I, I tell them to think about think about that water use curve and that whatever crop that is, and how do we load up a, how do we load up ahead of that use curve? Because because we're dealing with with increasing use as the crop gets bigger, right? So we know corn will use uh, two and a half three inches of, of moisture a week. So how do we build that profile up ahead of time? Um, Again, I said that the degradation is over about a 30-day period. Yeah. So, so you know, can we start to load that up at V5, V6 when we're not using a lot of moisture right. and start to build that profile? That That's where I really start to think about this. And then free tassel, again, where we're really starting to get into that big use period. Um, where you're talking about having a runoff issue, I think earlier the earlier the better. Yeah. You know, getting on ahead and continuing to maintain that. Uh, throughout the life, throughout the growing season, every 30 days throughout the growing season could be could be very key in in water use efficiency on that particular soil. Irrigators think about managing water all the time. Yeah. The guys that are in dry land, this this is something that they water management is something they need to start thinking about. Sure. Yeah. I I think this about three. I think about this in terms of. You know, you've got the areas where there's rolling hills, yeah. and you get good rain, but it runs off to the bottom. Runs off to the bottoms, right? And you're in, the, and the side hills burn up, and the tops of the hills burn up. And you know, what if we could get 20% better water use efficiency on that top of that hill, on that side hill, get more infiltration? I mean, it's big. We're, yeah. we're we we don't have as good we we're not doing as good as we we can get on those side hills, and and it's it's placing water where it needs to be. 2023, the side hills are the first place that we saw burn up in eastern Iowa. This is fascinating to me, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. For All right. You bet. That is Jim Talbert, product specialist with Helena. Okay. Uh, let's keep the planning for 2024 production going here from the NAFB convention in Kansas City. Success in a growing season has got to include plans to do it in a sustainable and responsible way. We'll talk about that next right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. 
Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory, and I'm at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City, where we had an opportunity to talk with a variety of companies and associations last week. Today, we've been talking about planning for a successful growing season in 2024. And here to keep that conversation going is Craig Dick. Uh, Craig is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Phospholutions. Craig, welcome to AgriTalk. Thanks, Chip. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad that you're here. Um, planning for success in 2024... As you're doing that, we've got to keep it in mind that to do it in a responsible way. So tell me about Phospholutions and how that helps farmers do that. So Phospholutions has a patented fertilizer technology that improves phosphorus efficiency by 50%. So it's a new technology that we've just brought to market that's based off of uh, a research product out of Penn State that we licensed in 2016 and have had over uh, 500 field trials and uh, small plot trials to verify that it does work the way it's intended to, which is to improve phosphate uptake and reduce leaching by 84% and runoff by 78%. Uh, those are some, those are big numbers, Craig. People are going to hear those and kind of go, Really? But what what uh, what trials have we seen to uh, support that? Yeah, so as I mentioned, we have uh, uh, trials in over 14 states the last three years okay. that show we get twice as much phosphate into the plant, and that is how we're reducing the leaching and runoff. So we're uh, we're able to be able to substantiate those numbers through research trials. Okay, so is this is this a product that works with the soil or with the plant? Uh, a little bit of both. So rhizosorb is a activated metal oxide that adsorbs phosphate to it during the manufacturing process. And what that does is it controls the release of phosphate in the soil. So it reduces tie-up and uh, allows that as the plant is growing and pulling phosphate out of the soil solution, it releases it to the plant as it's needed in a very controlled manner. Oh, and then, I mean, this is, this is one of those game-changer kind of, of things that, you know, 10 years ago, we were kind of talking about it as a futuristic thing. Well, here it is. 
And it's so important because of documenting. And we, we'd much rather do things on a voluntary basis rather than have EPA come in with a stick and smack us later on how we're doing things. How do we document how this is working on an individual farm? So on individual farms, they can go to our website, phospholutions.com, and sign up to do trials on their own basis, on their own farm. Uh, they can also download the performance report and see the last three years of trial history we have, and it's substantial. Uh, we have replicated uh, trials that we do with universities that have shown uh, the same data as well. Lastly, um, what I would tell people is phosphate fertilizer hasn't changed since 1960. This product was developed at Penn State in the in the 90s and has been uh, thoroughly researched, as well as then now just being brought to agriculture through research trials over the last seven years, and finally is now market ready. All right, you mentioned field trials and a farmer participating in it. What what kind of a commitment are you looking for from that farmer? Uh, Farmers can start with as little as 20 acres. Okay. Um, but we would recommend that they uh, do it on a few more acres to, to get a more broad-based uh, uh, look at the product. Yeah. Uh, we have many retailers that are also on board with the product, so they can ask Rhizosorb, ask about Rhizosorb from their local retailer. And uh, uh, a lot of lot of retailers in Iowa that are on board with uh, uh, bringing it to their, yeah. the, to their growers. Yep, yeah. yep. So what kind of results are we seeing out in the field from using uh, using the product? So out in the field, we typically don't see a big yield response. And the reason being that phosphorus is not a yield limiting factor for most growers. And so what we're trying to do is help growers manage their phosphorus more effectively so we lose less to the environment and we spend less on a per acre basis. Typically, the grower will see a 10 to 15% savings on their phosphorus fertilizer bill. And uh, with a small yield increase, because it's more efficient and we get more in the plant, most growers will see about a $20 ROI on a per acre basis. Very cool. You know, we're going into a year or maybe a period of years where I think the general understanding is that we're going to be working with some tighter margins. Sometimes it's it's tough to spend a little bit money to save some money, but at least give it a look is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, uh, give it a look. And again, th there should be a, though there will be a cost savings on a per acre basis yeah. for the grower, and that will allow him to spend those funds on other technologies that he may want to use to drive more yield into the plant. Outstanding! It's very cool. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, excited to be here. All right, that is Craig Dick. He is the director of sales and marketing for Phospholutions. New innovations coming our way all the time in the agricultural industry it's just fascinating to me davis some of the things that guys come up with to help make products more efficient out there it's really really cool hope you guys enjoyed the conversations from the national association of farm broadcasting we're going to do it again tomorrow do it again tomorrow absolutely can't wait yeah, yeah. so dude it's yeah. thanksgiving happy it thanksgiving is. brother happy thanksgiving to you and to all of our listeners uh, can I just say it? I'm, yeah. I'm thankful for everyone tuning in day after day after day, listening to us. It's it's fantastic. It uh, it fires me up. Oh yeah, it's why we get to do what we get to do. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, right at the top of my list is family. Mm -hmm. Um, it uh, 
I'm just so thankful for my daughter and her family and son and his family and they're healthy and we get together and we have fun together and and mm-hmm. it, it's just a and and look at you you're a gra- yeah. you're a brand new grandpa dude I got married and became a grandpa since last Thanksgiving <laughs> holy mackerel not what? at the same time. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but holy smokes, what a great time. Indeed. Enjoy it all, everyone. Enjoy it all. Make that list of things that you are thankful for. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Be safe. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning right here on Agritalk.